Hello, what have we here? Welcome, I'm Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. And who might you be? Welcome back. Know. What do we have here? To Lando's Lounge. We are doing something completely different today. Uh, we are using new software for our recording. And uh, we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> this is all yeah. in our bid to become more official. <laughs> yeah, this is all in our bid to rule the rule the galaxy and if this is your first time seeing us and you're shocked or whatever, I I apologize. But so um, we both have blue eyes. There, I said it. Are we doing video for this? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think that's the goal. If everything goes well, if everything falls apart, then uh, <laughs> uh, that's not good. But I don't think it will. I think we're good. Um, yeah, so just kind of bear with us. If our audio is weird, we haven't completely figured it out yet then, so. Yeah, it kind of would be funny, though, if, like, this entire episode just, like, is unsalvageable, and then it's, like, the lost episode of Lando's Lounge. Yeah, and like, every, the audience like every show. The yeah. audience doesn't get to know what happens in Andor episode Yeah, they'll seven never know what we think about Andor episode <laughs> 7 and 8. They were so bad, we cannot speak about them. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to do something we haven't done in a while, which is talk about news. Um, and that's because, for whatever reason, there's been like quite a bit of news, uh, especially like some pretty potentially big news just in the past couple of days. Um so uh we'll get into that because it's exciting so we have a we have a long list here not a long list but we'll we'll save mm-hmm. the best for last so um the lego skywalker saga uh we've talked about this game we kind of mini reviewed it um i still play it every now and then um I've been reading a lot, so I haven't been playing games as frequently as I sometimes do. I I game in waves, basically. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll probably pick this game up again because they just announced, I believe today with a trailer that they are uh, releasing a DLC. Now, I can't remember if they already did a DLC or if this is the first one, um, I think I bought the deluxe edition, so I might have bought it with the DLC already included. Um, but this is another one. It's going to have character packs from Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Clone Wars, Rebels, which is what I have seen Let's the go. most discussion about. And the recent uh, Lego special Summer Vacation, which is all just kind what of... they're dropping the Summer Vacation DLC <laughs> the long the long requested fans yes. have really been rallying for that one yeah so that one's just kind of fun skins of like the characters in 
swimsuits and I think there's like Finn in a Hawaiian shirt or something like that. Let's go. Um, Andor has Andor, obviously. I believe Luthen. Um, I think it had Bix in it. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi had uh, Obi Wan, obviously, but it also had Reva, the Grand Inquisitor, and I think the Fifth Brother. I don't know if it had that other Inquisitor that was there. Um, or maybe it did. Um, the Clone Wars, I believe they showed Savage Press, which was an interesting poll. Um, I think it was Phase 2 Rex, Asajj Ventress. Um, I don't remember what else, because I was mostly focused on the Rebel stuff, which had... Uh, Kanan with the eye eye visor, so uh, the season three and four Kanan, um, and I believe that cool. season three and four was what they were going for for the whole pack because it has uh, Thrawn as well, which is really cool. Um, Sabine with like, I believe it's her white hair color because she changes her hair color throughout the show, and I think mm-hmm. it's her white um, her white style um Hera uh I think Gar Saxon but I'm not sure if he was Rebels or Clone Wars um and then my new main which I was extremely worried I was extremely worried was not gonna be there until they showed just the quickest briefest flash of him uh at the end of the trailer there was like a little montage and Green Saber Ezra is in going to be in Lego Star Wars, so my life is complete. Let's go. I haven't. I I love that game still. I just haven't played it in a long time because like I really went at it and grinded and like beat the story super quickly, and then like got like two thirds of the Kyber bricks in like an ungodly short amount of time, <laughs> and I like that grind really just burnt me out of it for a bit so i'll probably go back and like finish getting all the extras especially now that there are the new characters coming out but um yeah i I haven't i love the game haven't played it in months i played it the other night a little bit i um i beat the story in a couple days and then i was like instead of going all over the place i was just gonna go planet by planet so i beat Octo, then I beat Agent Kloss, and now I'm in on Bespin still. Um, so yeah, I I haven't played in a little bit, um, but I'm not sure when this comes out or if it's out already. But uh, as soon as I can get it, I I will probably get it. Um, not sure what else is included in the DLC. I think it's just the characters because that was the focus of the little trailer they released. Um, someone pointed out in the trailer, Thrawn is with First Order Stormtroopers. What does that mean? And I was like, I don't know if it means anything. Um, hmm. But, you know, I don't and know. And you know what's really suspicious? Is that, uh, Frick, what's his name? Gosh, it was going to be such a funny joke, but then I forgot what his name is. Zeb was. isn't in it. And I don't think Chopper Ze- Wait, was in Zeb it. Wait, Zeb is not in it? I don't think so. 
He wasn't I'm, in Jamie's the. He's pulling something up for me right now. He wasn't in the trailer, I don't think. Oh, uh, gosh, this joke is not gonna. Oh, oh, now, but, Cyril uh, is also in uh, the Andor. A pack. suspicious lack of Jude Law in the Lego Star Wars oh. DLC trailer. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's coming out. You can talk about the Eclipse thing, because I still don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty high-level stuff. So, Star Wars Eclipse, if you remember from I, a couple months ago at this point, I think um, it was like, uh, was it Star Wars um, Celebration, maybe? It was or was it even earlier than that? Yeah, I don't remember when it was uh, when it was released, but it was. I remember it being... Perhaps a Disney Plus Investors Day. No, that doesn't make no, sense. No, it was just random. It was something. I and, think it was um, just random. Basically, it was a very surprise trailer. It might have even been Super Bowl trailer, actually. I don't know if it was if Super I'm Bowl trailer, but it was a random... Yeah, it came it out of like nowhere, some... surprised everybody thing. Or maybe it was the Oscars or something, but like... It was just out of nowhere. I don't think oh, they had a was... video game trailer on any televised Bro, event. But you don't understand. It is a cinematic masterpiece. No, okay. I, I, I looked it, it up. It was at the Game day. Awards. Little less prestigious than the Oscars. Oh, yeah, but it it's up that. there. And so, it like, it was this trailer for this Star Wars Eclipse game. Not a gameplay trailer, just a cinematic Pardon me. Uh, but no one was expecting it. And after the trailer, everyone was like, that's super cool. But, um, like, then it was it like, this isn't going to come out for five years. Yeah, they're like, this isn't coming out until 2026. It has no familiar characters or, like, even planets or species. And, um, we have no clue what time frame it is. And so it's like, nothing is known about this game. Well, well, I think they said it was the um, High Republic, but yeah, there wasn't. Oh yeah, yeah. There I wasn't. Um, there wasn't like any story attached to it. There wasn't any specific mm-hmm. detail attached to it besides what we saw, and what we saw was really just kind of random footage that looked good, but it didn't hint at anything really. Yeah. Well, anyhow. Uh... There was a there was a leak of this game, which leaks in Star Wars I feel like aren't as common as maybe like leaks in Marvel or something like that. And so, um, I mean, leaks I'll just say they're not necessarily true, so you don't take them as truth. But just the fact that Star Wars leaks are fairly rare, um, it, it, they're at least something to look at and consider. And so, insider gaming, or even if they're not rare, they they definitely don't get the same traction as like like everyone knew that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire yeah, were in exactly. No Way Home. Like ever, they had leaked photos of them on. Bro, they set. had the like, whole movie, it, literally. They, so they literally did. Like they. Even if there is Star Wars stuff that gets leaked, it's always kind of buried under, like, I I just feel like it doesn't get as widespread as Marvel stuff. Even, like, with Doctor Strange or, um, like, people have been saying, like, oh, Doctor Doom is confirmed for blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, 
all that the Marvel stuff for whatever reason just like way surpasses Star Wars in terms of mm-hmm. how big it gets. Yeah. So um uh, uh let me just read this is from an article by GameSpot and it says so the leak revealed that um the eclipse centers around an alien race called the Zaran. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced because I've never heard it said before. Z-A-R-A-A-N. An empire on the outskirts of the Star Wars universe. The story concerns a married couple, Sarah and Zendo, X-E-N-D-O, who find themselves on opposite sides of a political conflict. So that was the whole leak. Um, And so obviously that's like not much, but it tells us like, like I said before, we previously didn't know anything about this game. Now this is something it kind of confirms that like, it's not going to be necessarily familiar, like no familiar faces, probably not too many familiar planets. Although I'm sure like we will leave um, whatever planet uh, this uh, political conflict is on at least once. Uh, But yeah, I just think it's interesting. And especially there's another layer to this um, in that Star Wars Eclipse is being developed by the company Quantic Dream and Quantic Dream has been in controversy for like, um, like having like a toxic, um, and sexist and racist workplace culture. Wow, that's the, that's the trifecta, huh? And and also, oh, and financial mismanagement. This is all in the GameSpot <laughs> article I'm reading. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew there was controversy, but I didn't know all of that. And libel was sued for lot. Li- oh no, Quantic Dream sued another place. So <laughs> there's just a, there's a lot going on there, and so some people believe um, that this leak was controlled, um, and that and we've we've actually theorized this about Star Wars back in the old days of Lando's Lounge that they before, would that, leak like, stuff leak- to kind of see if people liked it. Yeah, and so they leaked this. Um, well, we don't know that. People think this leak came from uh, Quantic Dream themselves to maybe distract from some of the controversy or just to, yeah, do exactly that, just get a temp check on the Star Wars fandoms. Uh, I mean, is my thoughts on the leaks, I think it's cool, I guess. Like, it sounds exciting, but it's also like, that's like if I were to leak No Way Home... It's basic, like, imagine you've never seen No Way Home, and this is what the equivalent leak would be if I said, like, No Way Home follows Peter Parker as he makes a mess for himself and then has to work together with his friends to uh, put a stop to it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. That sounds cool. Yeah. You know, it's still not much to chew on. It doesn't say a lot. Mm Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's about all there is to that story. We do not approve of any toxic workplace behavior. Unionize no. Quantic Dream. That's Cloud City say. is a non-toxic environment. Yeah. We treat our Ugnaughts with respect. Mm-hmm. And when the our Empire Ugnaughts shows are up, unionized. When the Empire shows up, we make them dinner when they wait yeah. for the Rebels. Exactly. That's a good point. And also Lobot, he, trust me, he gets a lot of paid vacation days. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's, he's set up. All right. Okay, moving um, on. Next, uh, the Saturn Awards, which um, 
I believe are like a sci-fi specific uh, award show. Um, they were yesterday or uh, recently, and there was a lot of Star Wars nominations and wins. Um, I didn't look at the entire list or anything. I I had never really heard of the Saturn Awards, um, but I believe winners that I saw were. Moses Ingram for, um, I don't remember what exactly, Best Supporting Actress or Best Actress uh, in, a, in a show. Um, I be- uh, Hayden Christensen, I believe, won for, like, guest appearance in, uh, like, a streaming show as Darth Vader. I believe Bad Batch won Best Animated Series. Um, I think... The Obi-Wan Kenobi show itself won, like, Best Limited Series. And then... I'm trying to think of what the other ones were. I think I saw... Um, <laughs> I almost called her Fennec Shand, but I think uh, Ming-Na Wen won for Best... <laughs> uh, best, like... Best Bounty Hunter. Best for Leading trail. Female Actress or something. Um so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't look too deeply into it because I had never really heard of it and didn't don't really follow the Saturn Awards. Best television <laughs> um, But maybe award. next year I'll, I'll keep a closer eye on it. But glad to see that. Um, so, yeah, congrats to all those winners. Um, Let's go. For the real big news, <laughs> since you cut our major story from the outline. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um the major story uh, just came out yesterday or the day before, and it was actually kind of building on something that had come out a little um, a little bit before they released kind of Disney's release schedule for like the next however many years what what they're releasing and. Untitled Star Wars film was listed for 2025 and 2027, which is kind of a bummer. However, just the other day, um, right? It was the other day. It wasn't today. It was. It was the other day. Yeah, it was two days ago. I so think. Uh, the news rumor uh, breaking headline came out that a new Star Wars movie is in the works. From uh, Damon Lindelof, I believe you say, um, and I believe he was a uh, one of the people that created the show Lost, um, as well as another guy who all the articles were like rising star. Um, I can't remember what uh, he he worked on, and the director of uh, some episodes of Ms. Marvel, and this project was said to have a secret writer's room that had gotten together to, um, I I think it said like after celebration, this secret writer's room was kind of thrown together uh, to come up with this new film. And uh, the rumors are that the movie will be set after the rise of Skywalker, which is exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. It will be, Oh, shoot. What will it be? In, uh, it's 2022, so in December of three years from now, 
it will be 10 years since The Force Awakens. So, December 2025, which is when Untitled Star Wars film is supposed to release, will be 10 years from The Force Awakens. Uh, And it will be six years from The Rise of Skywalker, because it's already been three years. Or, wait. Yeah, it's already been three years since The Rise of Skywalker, which is kind of insane to think about. Um, Hmm. So that feels like adequate time for um, like a continuation of those characters. And that's what the rumor says is that uh, sequel characters may uh, be expected to return um, and then I saw all over the internet, like, oh, remember when Daisy Ridley met and had lunch with Kathleen Kennedy a couple months back, blah, 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 and all this stuff. So exciting stuff. Um, let's see how it goes because and they also, announced Rogue Squadron and then like two months later they were like, uh, never mind. <laughs> um, no idea what, about that. It's also interesting, I believe it was said that this was supposed to be the next film to release. So whatever Taika Waititi's doing, Kevin Feige's supposed to be producing uh, a film at some point. No word on any of that. Ryan Johnson is busy making Knives Out sequels and threequels and however many Knives Out they want to And you know what? As he should. We're not going to hate. We love what he's doing over there. So... Uh, yeah, and the other big rumor was that the secret writer's room may have included Dave Filoni. So, I feel like his job, he just had like a different, like a raise. I, I believe he's some kind of story group position at Lucasfilm, so that's not shocking that he would be there mm-hmm. um especially because uh i think we talked about like after the mandalorian he got like a new title uh for his position so uh, not really surprising that he would be there um if that rumor's true it also sounds like it could just be someone being like oh dave filoni was there <laughs> because dave filoni has to do everything star wars um but yeah so that's exciting it kind of sucks to have to wait till 2025, but again, 10 years from The Force Awakens, and uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi happen back-to-back, and then Rise of Skywalker's like a year later, so the characters, even though the actors will have aged, um, like, throughout that trilogy, they will be... Like about ten years older than when they were in Rise of Skywalker, presumably. Even though it will only have been like six years since that movie came out, since their uh, timeline-wise, they're so close together. So I, I could see them being like, "What happened a decade after the First Order?" And like that seems like a pretty reasonable chunk of time. That's the that's the chunk of time between. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah. So that would definitely be an interesting uh, story, I think. I don't think they would go 
like episode 10, I think it would be, they would focus in on like one small element of what the galaxy's up to. So I would hope it would be like Ray and, uh, uh, Ray and Finn and their whatever, like however they're mm-hmm. doing the Jedi thing now. Um, I, I don't know. It could also just, it could be like, um, Oscar Isaac coming back to do like a Poe thing. Like there, there's really no, or it could be completely new characters. And then the sequel characters are kind of supporting cast or something along those lines. Yeah. They're like Um, legacy characters. Yeah. I do think the sequel stuff, the follow-up to the sequel stuff, I think needs to be done sooner rather than later. You don't want another, like, we wait 40 years to make a follow-up and now they're all old people. And, you know, uh, so I think I think 10 years... And then so, actors start dying and you have to bring them back with computers. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I hope that this comes to fruition. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, one last thing I'll say about this story, uh, Damon Lindelof, you know, you mentioned he is a co-creator of uh, Lost. Also, uh, the HBO show The Leftovers, the HBO show The Watchmen, but perhaps more impressive are his writing credits as co-writer of such classic films like Cowboys and Aliens, uh, World War Z, and uh, get this, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, the one with a, that's the one with a, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Khan. yeah, Khan, right? Uh, so, Trekkies, if you're still a thing out there, uh, L, we poached your guy. Well, that's all I, I mean, see. the Star Trek franchise is really having a renaissance right now, so I don't know if a renaissance. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Oh, no. Uh, I'm on the chopping block now. I just painted a... Oh, man. They are, unsurprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, just as toxic as Star Wars fans. Um, And also, surprisingly, Lord of the Rings fans are toxic. I don't think it's possible to have a fan base that isn't toxic. Um, Anyways... But there's something special about Star Wars. Yeah. Too. But we've been at it for longer. <laughs> we've mastered the toxicity. Yeah, we've been we've been toxic since seventy seven, baby. Alright. So Okay. Let's get into the actual Andor stuff and let's get hopping, I guess. Because we it's already almost eight o'clock. So Yeah. Alright. Uh, episode seven. Long. Announcement. We're gonna do what we normally do. We're gonna just go through all the storylines. You've written out some uh, little analyses, so we'll go through these. So Cyril has a job interview with the Bureau of Standards, which is just kind of government desk bureaucracy. Um, He uh, gets the job because of his uncle Harlow, and it is, he's literally working in a cubicle that's like a hexagon, so it's like a hexagonal. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, he's just, like, one one cog in, like, this machine of bureaucracy. And he is, like, faceless, nameless. It is awful. Dare I say Orwellian. Dare you say it. 
Yeah, it's it's like just like an it's so dreary. It's like a massive room of just these cubicles as far as the eye can see. And like this guy is kind of like giving him the walkthrough. And so he has like this little tablet that he's looking at. And so he's just kind of interviewing him as they walk around and tour the the place. He basically has the job is kind of the vibe because he's like, oh, you'll like it here, like all this stuff. And then he says he notices like his criminal record of like uh, Morlana one. Uh, and so Cyril basically says, yeah, like I, I know um, I was wrongfully punished for trying to do my job a little too well. And uh, there's a mass murderer running out around out there. And um, I think he should be brought to justice. And the guy interviewing him is kind of just like, okay, well, let's just uh, scrub that off the record. You know, just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure your uncle will approve. And I feel like that kind of gets Cyril's goat a little bit because he's talking about like how like the job needs to be done the right way. And like we like have to you know, we have to uphold order, we have to follow the rules, and then in the Bureau of Standards, no less, this guy's just like, we're just gonna, like, erase your criminal record, like, kind of under the table a little bit. So, I think that kind of agitates Cyril a little bit and kind of re- uh, shows him that he he will find no, no peace of mind or justice in this new job with his silly little brown collar. Yeah, that was a funny bit was his he wears this jacket and his mom's like, You're wearing a brown jacket. <laughs> um yeah. and he's like, it's he's like, it's a brown jacket, and she's like, Everything says something. And then he says something like, Well, what is my jacket saying? And she says that you're desperate and you you need attention. And I'm like, Whoa, you're mean. <laughs> you're so mean. <laughs> yeah. I thought it looked nice. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the next thing, Vel, um, who was the leader of the Aldani raid team, um, she meets with Clea, I believe her name is, who is Luthen's assistant at his art dealership. Um, they basically meet in secret on Coruscant and talk about how the money has been taken care of. Um, and the biggest thing is that she kind of reveals that Luthen views Cassian as a loose end. Since Cassian kind of bolted with the money and he knows about Luthen, Luthen is kind of like freaked out that someone knows his name and is just out there. Um, and so they talk about like, they need to assassinate him or something along those lines. Uh, meanwhile, Luthen is meeting with Mon Mothma. Um, she comes to his store and he's all like, Hey, how's it going? Obviously still happy about the success of the mission. And she's just like, did you do it? Did you do it? And he's like, ah, I'm trying to like speak in code and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And so she's upset that they did it. And he's like, well, what did you think we were going to do? <laughs> like, yeah. what, are you, what, what, are you, what do you mean? You're funding terrorism. You can't be mad when we do terrorism. Yeah, that's the... Um, I, I found this part, like, maybe the most interesting of this episode. Because he's like, 
he kind of gaslights her a little bit. First of all, he's like, yeah, please, you, kn you knew what you were signing up for. And she's like, no, I, re I really didn't. And then he said, she was like, I thought you were building a network. And he says something really cool um, that will will tie in later. He says, like, the network is up, you know, so it either grows or dies. And so he's like, well, yeah, like, we did that. Now, like, what did you think the network was for? And so I think it's kind of interesting because maybe Mon Mothma, like, genuinely did think that, like, they had something more like what Bail Organa was doing. Like, Bail Organa... And um, Ahsoka, maybe not at this point, but like kind of their initial rebel cell before the Alliance was like kind of like moving people around. Not like they weren't like planning attacks necessarily, but they were just kind of like sending secret aid to places that needed it, that the Empire wouldn't and like helping people, you know. So like maybe Mon Mothma a little bit naively thought that's what was happening. And then like uh, she knows that she is like um complicit in the deaths of a lot a lot of people now and so she's a little upset and so um but at the end of this little exchange with and Ethan, the like, with 80 million credits oh yeah that too but like you know he that's pretty base though i'm sure she appreciated that but um yeah at the end of it she kind of walks away like not happy about it but she's like okay, like, I guess that's what we're doing now. I can, I can work with that. And so she's kind of like bought into it on a deeper level now. Like she, she's like, I guess I'm in this thing. And so if I'm in it, I'm, I'm really going to be in it. And we see this later in the episode as a Mon Mothma is having a, like a big, a mixer at her apartment. And she is catching up with this old friend. I forget what his name is. It's like, Tay or something? Tay. Oh yeah, it's Tay. And so, um, it's they kind of say that like they had been friends together, like back in their childhood on Chandrilla. And so she has more chemistry with him than she ever <laughs> yeah. has with. Oh Sharon. yeah, yeah. Uh, Freaking Mister Mothma is sweating right now, bro. The way <laughs> he behaved in the most recent in episode eight. I just, yeah. I was rolling. Bro, we'll get to that. But yeah. uh, so basically, um, they're kind of having a nice talk. And like the Empire is kind of brought up. And then this Tay guy goes like, oh, no, no, no. She says something like, hey, can I, uh, can I talk to you about something kind of sensitive? And he's like, is this personal or political? And she says, it's political. And he goes, you might not want to confide in me. You might find my politics a bit extreme. Let's just say I don't necessarily love the empire. And so then she's like, oh, well, this is actually perfect. Uh, and she's like, pretend like we're just having a nice chat. You know, she's pulling the Luthan move of like, your body language says you're having a, a cordial little uh, chat when really you're talking about terrorism. And um, so she goes, I want you to basically join my efforts and we are going to launder money into a rebellion. And it's going to be uh, like the front is going to be like this relief organization for Shandrilla, which you're going to be the head of. And so he's like, um, okay. And <laughs> yeah. so I loved how he was like, 
you might find that my politics yeah. are a little bit extreme. When I'm with my real friends, we talk bad about the Empire. And she's, and like, she's oh, like, oh, I just funded terror. I've been funding terrorist cells. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of goes to show, I guess, like how well like her secrecy is going because he says something like your your life is like in like inseparably connected to the empire and she goes you would be surprised like that like yeah it is and i use that to my advantage and it's right under their nose like my husband doesn't even oh yeah even like I think uh, her husband starts walking over and she quickly goes like, my husband doesn't know any of this act normal. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the, the Luthen and Mon Mothma arc of this episode. And when we get to episode eight, it's, it's kind of like a direct continuation of that, mm-hmm. which, so I, I really want to get into that a bit more, but we'll wait until the next episode. Yeah. Um, so the ISB arc had maybe the biggest quote unquote cameo that you could have. It's a very natural cameo, but, uh, Yalaren, who you may know from, uh, probably most famously from the Clone Wars, but he did appear in, um, Rebels and, uh, A New Hope. He's on, he's one of the guys on the Death Star, uh, in that imperials meeting but ylarin is the head of the isb so he was an admiral uh and i looked this up on wikipedia just to like get his story so he was an admiral he stepped down to become the head of the isb and so that's where he's at right now in the show he's the head of the isb and so we've kind of seen this progression where it was just corsac right it's just like corporate security they were hired out basically then they bring in this like isb officer and now things have gotten so out of control that like the head of the isb is like all right now i'm taking over this Mm -hmm. uh this group of isb officers uh from part is it partagas or patrigat partagas i think i don't know He's, All the, I know he's is, the guy. He's the old yeah. guy with like the longish hair, and so now Yalaren's kind of come in and kind of taken his mm-hmm. spot. Uh, and yeah, pushed him to the bro, side a little bit. What happened to Yalaren, bro? He fell off. He used to be such a G. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, probably all those Republic officers just kind of went with it. Yeah. I mean, Tarkin, Yalaren. Um, I think it's in some book that. Uh, What's his name? Panaka becomes a moth, and then like he be he's like best friends with the emperor or something. No, <laughs> he was the best of us. Yeah. No, so that's funny. So basically, <laughs> they are planning to crack down harder than they have, tightening their fist, and just they've literally said like there are no rules anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. Um, uh, we're gonna see a way of how this manifests when we uh, talk about Cassian. Um, but so with all of this, like Dedra, um, who is kind of like our, I th- I would think like the main character of these Imperials, you know. Yeah, um, she's the she she's yeah. the main point of view at least. 
she is still sure of like still sure she's like on the trail of this rebel uh web of that is trading parts and stuff and so she um goes to um like a guy i guess like a what would you call him like a record keeper i guess is his job and he's sleeping on the job and he's like uh he's <laughs> He's like, uh, wakes up and he's, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, ma'am. And I, I, it's just a funny little thing. But um, basically, she orders this guy to give him, her information about all the other sectors and all the other um, reports of like stolen parts, which is like technically outside of her jurisdiction. Like she's not supposed to be able to access information from other sectors but she kind of pressures this underling into giving her it and then later in the episode they have another big board meeting and the one kind of snide uh sector leader um who was oh, in charge of like yeah who's in charge of the morlana sector like mm-hmm. in which all the ferrix stuff has happened levin he basically airs it out in front of everyone she's like i would like to bring up the the elephant in the room uh dedra has been stealing information from all of our sectors and like making us all vulnerable and um she's like a security threat at this point and so she basically says like yeah but all of that information has proven my theory and now like we have a lead yeah she's like i'm on to something Yeah, and so she kind of, like, it it looks like she's kind of, like, on the ropes a bit. Like, she looks like she's kind of screwed. But then the Patty Gaz guy is, like... (laughs) Party uh, Gaz? Or whatever his name is. I think it's Party Gaz. Party Gaz. Anyway, Dedra says something like, (laughs) I, I... Yeah, she's like, I will do whatever it takes to make sure the empire stays safe and that these rebels are caught and part of gas he's like i like that i i catch your vibe and so he's like i'm not going to discipline her and in fact i'm going to be giving her your sector blevin and so now dedra <laughs> is in full charge of the morlana sector and can is free like the implication is now she's free to like investigate the ferrix incident as much as she wants which blevin has kind of just like he kind of like as we saw in like episode four or something, he just kind of like scolded the the corset guys and then got them all fired, and that's basically what he did. <laughs> and that that's basically all he looked into the incident. And so now Dedra is uh free to get the job done. And what's really interesting about this is if we call back to Luthen and Mon Mothma's um discussion he has a quote that i mentioned where he says the network is up it either grows or dies in this conversation when dedra is like defending herself um and blevin is on her case about like you went against the rules of the system and she said i'll do whatever it takes like the system has at risk she says systems either change or die which is like i just thought it was interesting because it's like the same quote it's and it's like the same idea like we either have to do things that we don't necessarily love like terrorist attacks or breaking the rules 
or like we lose basically. And so it's kind of interesting how Luthen and Dedra are really of the same mind, but just on opposite sides of the conflict, kind of like they're willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, Partagaz tells her afterward, he's basically like, you did good, but like, watch your back. Like, you're going to... Like, you have a target mm-hmm. on your back now that you've kind of made a fool of Blevins and Yeah, now that you've swagged out in front of Yalaren. <laughs> yeah. Now that you... Um... Everyone kind of sees... Not just her, but probably anybody else as like, oh, shoot. If, if like... If I'm not doing my job and someone takes my job, then I'm screwed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. The final arc is Cassian's. And not a ton happens. He goes back with his money to Ferrix, pays off his, uh, his debts, and he tries to get Marva to leave and like go hide somewhere where the Empire's not. She basically gives him the rundown of what's happened on the planet, but she also says, like, I can't leave. I'm waiting for the rebellion. Um, You can't stay because, like, they want you, basically. Um, So they have, like, a big misunderstanding. Um, Or wait, does she ask him to stay? What? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm so going off script. Yeah, so, um, so it's kind of weird because like they have two conversations because like Cassian leaves in the middle, and so at first Cassian's like, "We got to get out of here." Like someone reported me, and then Marva's like, "Oh, that was Tim," and he don't worry about like finding him because he's dead now, and so. Um, obviously Tim and Bix were romantically involved and Bix is one of Cassian's close friends. Um, and so he felt maybe a little betrayed. He needed to talk to Bix to see if she like knew all along and like, if she was also going along with like reporting him, like he just needs to know. And so he goes out to talk to Bix and basically Bix tells him that like, no, like, I, like, I, Tim reported you, I knew nothing about it, um, he thought that we were back together, which, um, I don't know if it was said before in, like, the previous episodes, but that, I guess this kind of confirms that, like, they were also romantic at some point, which I kind of got the vibe of, but they never said anything about it, so I was like, they can just be platonic friends, like, that's, that's perfectly normal, but, um, yeah, that that kind of like implied that maybe there is a troubled romantic past with the two of them. And she's like, yeah, no, I was looking out for you, but then you just left and you didn't say anything like you like I didn't know where you were. You kind of left us here on Ferrix and the Empire came and made everything worse because of you. And so she is like upset and they have a falling out. And Cassian is like, well, if you're mad at me for leaving before, you're not going to be happy because I am leaving again. Like, I can't stay here. 
And so, yeah, she is really upset by that. And, but um, Cassian leaves leaves Bix with a lot of money that he got from the uh, Ferrix. I mean, not the Ferrix score, the Aldani score um, to settle his debts with everyone that he owes money. And then he goes back to Marva. And so that's kind of like the conversation you were getting into. Like you're kind of blending them into one. So yeah. when he returns, when he returns to Marva, he's basically like, "We have to go," and she's like, "I'm, I'm not going." She basically explains how she wants to um, stay and be a part of the rebellion, and how, uh, um, we uh, like how she remembers Clem who was her husband and kind of the adoptive father of Cassian. Um, he kind of got caught in an insurrection that he wasn't a part of necessarily, not even an insurrection, just like a little, a little um, scrap on the street. And he was trying to calm down tensions, but he was caught in the middle of it and killed by some clone troopers. Um, at that point, it was the Empire, though, I'm pretty sure. But they, they had the, the Phase 2 clone armor. Um, and so they hung him in the square to make an example of dissidents. And she said how when she heard about the Aldani incident, she um, uh, went to the square where he um, was hung and just kind of, like, soaked in the defiance, I guess. And so the Aldani incident really inspired Marva to join the rebellion. And then Cassian's like, no, those, those Aldani people, they were just weirdo terrorists. Don't, don't listen to, don't be inspired by them. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny <laughs> because he's like, oh shoot. Like, I guess I didn't consider all the, all the consequences of doing this. Um, but he's also like, I'm not staying. I can't be like, he doesn't believe in the rebellion. And so basically they have to say goodbye. And I, what are your thoughts? Because I think like this goodbye was maybe like one of the best acted Star Wars scenes, like in a bit, especially by like Marva. Like I was like kind of getting worked up a little bit. Yeah. I think in general, she has been like a really great performance. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of the structuring of the show is kind of bizarre in that like they introduce in the first arc like all these Ferrix characters and then they all like disappear for like a couple episodes and now they're back again and so it's like it's mm -hmm. there isn't really a main character like besides Cassian himself and yeah. so I think we all kind of expected that we would like see Bix more frequently and Marva more frequently and we would get the Canari explanation, like what all that's about. And it really hasn't been about that at all. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting going back and seeing yeah. everybody um, again and then Cassian leaving for like another... Who knows how long, because after this, he goes to the planet Neomos, which is like a beach planet and has the best music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I literally, I was listening to it or I was watching it 
uh, in the morning before work, probably because that's when I always watch. And I was just like, okay, oh yeah, this is this is neat, this is new, I like this. And right. it was just an absolute banger of a song. I can't <laughs> wait for that to come out on Spotify because that's all I'm going to yeah. listen to. Um, but it's kind of funny, kind of not funny, but like, <laughs> yeah. he's just walking on the beach. These guys run past him and he looks behind, but he looks behind him and there's this shore trooper just like at a dead sprint coming at him. And he's just like looking over his shoulder like, what, what's going mm-hmm. on? It's kind of the equivalent of like, if a bunch of cars sped past you on the highway and then you saw the cop was like following you and you're like, what, what is going on right now? And then eventually he runs into another short trooper and they arrest him. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I didn't do anything. And he's like, yeah, you were with the runners and weren't you? He's like, what? And so then he, uh, he's like, I didn't do anything. I swear. And so then a security droid comes up and at first, I was like, K2, there's no way. But it's just a random security droid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, uh, hang here with him and uh, like, I'll go get somebody or something. And he walks away and the droid's like, hang. And he grabs him by the neck and like lifts him up. He's like, no, he meant just watch me. He just meant watch. Yeah. And he's like, hang. And he's like, no, tell him you just meant watch. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, but it wasn't funny at all because he was just getting profiled. Yeah, he was arrested. literally profiled. It was literally yeah. just like a bad police officer just arresting Cassian yeah. for it's no reason. It's just a few bad apples in the Empire. <laughs> I tell you what. No, so but... he gets he gets arrested, and then yeah, uh, it... he's like on this trial thing, and he's like. Go or the judge is going through all the things. He's like, "What? I didn't do like any of that." And they're like. Uh, be quiet. You don't need like contempt of court on like added on or anything. And they're like, ah, eh, this used to be a six month sentence, six years. And he's like, six years. And then the episode ends. Mm-hmm. And then they they play that like music again. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. It's also awesome. funny because she's like, take it up with the emperor, like uh-huh. whatever. But yeah, um, like I think it's actually really, and it's something we'll get into more in the next episode, but when she's like, yeah, this used to be a six-month sentence, like, that's directly because of, like, the ISB cracking down, like, uh, in the response to the Aldani robbery, like, um, it's, again, like, another example of, like, like, yeah, like, it's a good thing that the Empire lost money and they were robbed, you know? Like, yay, rebellion. There are are also downsides, and so it's kind of like, what the heck? Like, it was like we were better off before the Aldani thing. And that's something that'll kind of be talked about in the next episode. But I just really hate like his unlawful arrest. It really reminded me of among us when among us was the craze. I was, I swear here, let me, let me get there. Let me get there. When among us was the craze, I got imposter all the time when I would play with my friends and I would literally like I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I knew how to play imposter right and so I'd play perfectly but then my one friend would just be like I think it's Carson and I'd be like well why do you think that and he goes no reason just a feeling man and so he then everyone would vote me just believe him off this baseless evidence and I would I would lose and so it's like kind of funny because this shore trooper doesn't know that he just apprehended 
the most wanted criminal by the empire, but also at the same time, it was a bad arrest. Like he had no reason to arrest him. He just kind of stumbled into capturing the most like wanted fugitive from the empire. And he doesn't even know he did it. He's just a bad cop who got lucky. And I really related to Andor in that moment. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So, uh, that's it for, uh, episode seven. And, uh, I think my AirPods are about to die, but, (laughs) um, we can try to get through episode eight. Yeah, um, this this might be a bit of a, a dense, this a dense one. Pretty long. but uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's shoot for. Let's try to get this done in thirty minutes. I have homework to do. Not that we don't love doing Lando's Lounge. That's our joy, yeah. really. But uh, okay, so Andor episode eight. It, uh, Cassian was goes to prison. <laughs> the Cassian arc, the prison, the escapist arc. Yeah. So this. Yeah. So let's this get through the. Titled... Let's get through some of the smaller ones first. So, like Dedra and Cyril. Uh, Dedra shows up to Cyril's job, and kind of interrogates him about the incident on Ferrix, and then he kind of stands up and is like, "I helped the Empire out. Like I deserve a job with you guys," and she's just like. Okay, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and not really interested in him, but he kind of wants to stick up for himself. I think this is kind of what we predicted. We thought like he's gonna do whatever he can to get back in the Empire's good graces, um, and so that that's what we see. It was kind of a small part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess next to follow up, um, let's do Mon Mothma. So very similarly to last episode, we see Mon Mothma having like a social mixer in her apartment. And this time she is doing so to kind of rub elbows with other senators because she's trying to win votes for a bill that will basically limit the emperor's power and um, so it's kind of interesting how she's burning the candle on two ends here. Like she's funding terrorists, but she's also, you know, backing legislation. Yeah, I thought um, it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, she uh, meets or like it starts with her and her husband drinking um, these drinks. They like drop worms into and then um, Tay shows up and. Uh, they kind of like chat a little bit and then her husband's name is Perrin and uh, says something about charity and he goes um, I forget exactly what he says but he basically says like charity starts at home he's like I'm going to go help myself before I help others or or something along those lines and he walks Mm -hmm. off and I was just like whoa dude I'm like bro like Holy Heck cow. No. This is my senator, dude. I'm going to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, one of the... They're, they're talking about the emperor, and they're like, he overreaches his power. He blah, 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 blah. And then the guy's like, yeah, but he says what he means. And I was just like... Hmm. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> he said, 
Yeah, and then doesn't someone say like, when does he ever say anything? Like he. Like, yeah, I don't think he really like does. He just kind of he sets up this empire, and then he's like, "All right, peace, Masameta, you take care of that." Yeah, and that's another thing in a lot of legends books. I'm not legends books. Goodness, canon books that we see is like as an emperor, he's not very present. Like he kind of is like putting on a show. We've mentioned before, like how Masameta kind of like has the uh em- the emperor's what do you call it motorcade kind of fly around Coruscant to make it look like he's like out and about, but he's mm-hmm. not really. He just kind of like stews in his Sith pit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, whatever he's too busy cloning himself. And so, um, yeah. So Marva and Bix, Marva has suffered an injury trying to be a rebel. <laughs> um, yeah, and now she, she's sick. I believe... Yeah, I think specifically she was, like, scaling a dam to try to, like, open it up and, like, flood, like, an imperial checkpoint <laughs> or whatever. And then Chill. she fell. And, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. So the community, the whole community, Bix is taking care of her, but the whole community really cares for her. And they're like, what if we can get her to, you know, stay at this place or this place? And they're like, she won't. She's waiting for the rebels. Like, she mm-hmm. thinks the rebels are coming and she won't. She won't leave because she she was waiting for them to come. Um, so uh, Bix has this whole story where she tries to contact Clea. We find out uh, that's how she was. She knew uh, Luthen for buying the 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 piece at mm-hmm. the beginning of the episode or at the beginning of the series. Um, they're asking about Cassian. Um, no, they don't uh, respond to her, and then yeah, um, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So Bix calls them on the radio, and she's using um this guy Pax secret radio. Like it's it's not kind of known. She's she kind of gives him like a wink, wink. Like, can I use the back room? And he's like, no. And then she's like, but please. And he's like, fine, just for a little bit. And so um she is calling Luthen and Clea. And Clea just kind of tells him, like, hey, we're getting a transmission from uh, from that one buyer on Ferrix. And Luthen's like, ask her about Cassie. And she's like, no, I'm not picking up. Like, they're they're listening. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, we're not. And actually, what's really interesting is, I don't know if we said it, like, in last episode when uh, Dedra and Clea were talking, Clea said, sometimes sending a message is as dangerous as receiving a message which I thought was interesting. And so that's kind of one of these moments to where she's like, no, like, I don't know what she's doing, like talking about Cassian on the radio, but it's going to get her in trouble. And if we answer, then we're going to get in trouble. And she's like, Luthen, you're losing your edge a little bit, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, and then we'll, he, we'll talk, he about, we'll about, talk about that in the Luthen arc. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as it traces back to Bix, um, they arrest sure. Pack yeah, the next and they day. torture him, basically. And then they arrest <laughs> her. Um, and sh- it ends before we really see anything. But Dedra is there, and she's the one kind of leading this torture. Um, mm-hmm. And um, we see Vel and Cinta, who have reunited. Um, and they have made it to Ferex. They are also kind of staking out Marva's place watching Bix, um, looking for Cassian, 
because they want to assassinate him. Um, and they are in love. I think that was established. Um, and yeah. so they're kind of longing to be with each other, but also have this like mm-hmm. <laughs> thing that is kind of requires all their attention, which is that they're terrorists. <laughs> yeah. And so they have a conversation about it and kind of the vibe I get is like Vel is a little more like, like she's kind of like, I wish I am kind of thinking about leaving all this behind because I just want to be with you because, and since is like, well, like we're going to have to split up here soon, not like relationally, but like, like physically, they're going to have to like go to different places again. And she's like, look, you know, like when this whole thing started, like, our relationship was only like the crumb the crumb of time that's left from the cause like the cause always comes first and she was like a little more cold about it and so that's all there is really to that storyline and i'm sure that is like like it's just kind of like a bit of the thread like i'm sure that'll go to something but for now it's just kind of like in this episode alone it's just kind of like yeah one of them will die that's what that's what it'll go (laughs) oh you think so I didn't yeah. even think about that, but I think you're probably right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so shall we go to... Luthen, so... Luthen next. Luthen, uh, he's freaking out about Cassian, like we said. He he uh, thinks of him as a loose end. Does he actually call him loose end Andor in the episode? No, or no, no, you no, just no. Come up with yeah. That's not a direct quote. I coined that. Loose end Andor. Okay. Loose Endor. Wait, Endor's already a thing. That's, con- you know. Loose End Endor. I thought it's in quotes in the notes. So I thought that meant that's what he said. <laughs> you imagine no, being like Loose End Endor out there. Uh, yeah, we got Loose End Endor. That's what they call him. But no, that's not what they call him. And so basically, like we said before, like Clea tells Luthen, you know, like you're losing your edge a bit. And he basically says, like, yeah, like, the thought of Andor being out there is putting me on edge because, like, they could find out who I am. But at the same time, I'm tired of all this... I'm tired of all this hiding, you know? I, like, he... Because his whole goal is really to make the Rebellion, like, this big theatrical, like, enemy to the Empire in the public eye. And it's not there yet, but that's what he wants. And so he's like, I... Like, I really kind of want to be found a little bit, you know, because I just want this whole thing to be public. But he also knows, like, the the more logical part of him knows, like, it's not ready yet. Like, I can't. And so um, there's that. And then after this, we see um, Luthen on a ship, and he travels to a planet called Segramilo. And we see this guy... Like, we kind of see, like, this guy standing up on, like, a rock or something with a rifle, and he's kind of, like, a lookout, and I knew immediately where we were, although I might be wrong about this, I'm pretty sure we've seen that guy in Rogue One, uh, when they, in kind of, like, the street fight uh, on Jetta, I believe, but uh, sure enough, um, we see Saw Gerrera. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're not going to believe Saw the return of the King is making a cameo appearance. Yeah, he's been gone too long. <laughs> I, 
it's it's been a bit before like our biannual saw cameo so yeah <laughs> here he is <laughs> and um but i think this is my favorite saw appearance actually of anything um and i'll, I'll i guess i'll explain why um so basically luthan and saw when he walks into the room or the cave i guess um saw goes like aldani was that you and then luthan goes i was just about to ask you the same thing and they kind of have this rapport about like oh did you do it no did you do it and they're both like if you did it you'd never tell me and so i find it kind of interesting that like they they kind of have like a rapport of friends but at the same time they don't trust each other enough to like like luthan doesn't like it was Luthen. Luthen did it, but he did, it isn't taking credit for it. Not with Mon Mothma, like directly. He didn't take credit. Not with uh, even another another rebel. You know, he's not taking credit <laughs> literally for the it. terrorist. So I, I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, he does, bro. If one he meets person, the Star Wars if one terrorist, appreciates destruction. Like, yeah, yeah. The one guy who real. would pat him on the back and be like, "Good job." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I found that kind of interesting, but, uh, eventually they get down to, uh, brass tacks and, um, he's basically like, look, I have these parts I want to sell you. And so I'll sell them to you for this price, or I'll give them to you for free. If you listen to this, like, if you go with my proposition. And so, um, he's like, I want you to work with Anto Krieger, who is, presumably another rebel in his little network and he's like we have a job in a what's its name it's like the planet was like called like something house spelled h-a-u-s do you remember no like stone house or something but i guess it's not important but he's like basically i have this job and this guy anto krieger can't do it alone and you can't do it alone but together i think you guys can do it and saw is like not going for it he's like anto krieger like he's a separatist and so we have a really interesting part where like saw guerrera kind of like rattles through like other sort of like political like affiliations or like organizations and so i think it'd be funny if we kind of, I thought this would be a nice little bit if we tried to guess what these organizations stood for. So separatists, we know what separatists are. Separatists. But then he says, neo-Republicans, the Gorman Front, the Partisan Alliance, sectorists, human cultists, and galaxy partitionists. He quote, and so basically he he brings these up to say like he says lost they're all lost and he's like i'm the only one who's like really trying to get something done and then luthen's like what you're trying to get done is anarchy which is like it looks good for someone living remotely in a cave and so kind of the implication i got from that was like yeah like you're you're not representative of like real people in the galaxy so like you might <laughs> so like you're anarchy. not a anarchy real doesn't guy. work yeah yeah anarchy doesn't work for the millions of citizens who aren't terrorists you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, but yeah. So, do you have do you have any guesses as to what those affiliations might stand for? So, any separatists are <laughs> the people that don't want to be part of the Republic. We know them from the Clone Wars. Um, maybe if uh, if and this we'll talk maybe a little bit about this when we talk about Tales of the Jedi, but. Um, if Dooku had never become a Sith, I think the Separatists may have been on to something. But since they were led by the dark side, they kind of have a very bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Neo-Republicans, I assume, are the Leias and eventually the... Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Mon Mothmas. They're the people that want to build a new Republic. Um, yeah. As opposed to restoring the Republic to what it was, maybe I I I don't I don't know why it would be they would specify neo Republicans, but um, the Gorman Front these are the people that Mon Mothma's involved with. Um, I'm assuming it just means the people, the Gorman people are. Like, I don't think they have a specific political aim more than mm-hmm. just... They're the Gorman people that Mon Mothma's trying to do charity for that yeah. nobody's really listening to. The Partisan Alliance is interesting that he mentions because his group of people are called the Partisans. So, I don't know if this is supposed to be a different thing or... Yeah, yeah, he actually agrees with their ideology, but he's just mad they jacked his name. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, we're named the Partisans. They're going to call themselves the Partisan Alliance. Yeah. So, or maybe it was like an offshoot of his his own group. Um, Sectorists, I would imagine, are people that are more like. Um, so if I, I kind of got the vibe that sectorist, I mean, not a vibe, but just based on the word is like, maybe like, like, for example, we know Morlana one is a sector. So like, maybe it's, yeah, like, like they believe a, that a like independent a, systems should choose like a state's rights thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's well, like I think it would be, like be individual it would be... systems or like bigger, like smaller groups of systems kind of, but like definitely not like a republic or an empire like one government seeing over the entire galaxy they're like no let's let's not do that (laughs) yeah human cultists maybe based i don't know human cultists i don't know (laughs) i would imagine i I find it odd that he specifies human human cultists well it might be just like a human supremacy thing like the the empire yeah, is fairly the empire is fairly human centric so i i could see that being some kind of like human supremacy type thing some kind of xenophobia galaxy partitionists L. um what is partition um partitionism refused to yeah
it favors partitioning. So I wonder if it means like... Okay, so uh, it's in reference to Ireland. Partitionism would be the belief that like Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland are distinct things. So I wonder if galactic mm. partitionists would be people that believe like... What if we gave the Empire their part of the gov- the galaxy, and then people who didn't want to be part of the Empire could have their own government or something? Yeah. Uh, which is never going to happen. Um, so mm-hmm. I think Saw is right in that none of these are going to stand against the Empire. I think he's wrong, though, that... Together, they wouldn't be able to achieve at least something and then figure out. I think Saw's goal Mm -hmm. is we need to get rid of um, the Empire at all costs. He doesn't really have a plan for afterward. And then he thinks all these other people are too worried about what to do afterward before they even get rid of the Empire. So I think... I think Saw himself falls into one of these falls into this list. He's his his he's also running a lost cause because he's not he's not thinking about tomorrow and he thinks nobody else is thinking about today. Um and so mm-hmm. I think I think Luthen is in the right here saying like we need to work together. Like you can do a lot more good if, if you w. work with somebody else. Yeah. And so I wonder if he'll bite. Who knows? Probably not. Saw doesn't seem like the guy to change his Well, and by Rogue One, he has... Yeah. He's still in conflict with the Alliance, so I don't think he ever really agrees to team Mm -hmm. up. Um, But yeah, that's that. So the last... Well, all that's left... Yeah, all that's left is a good old prison arc. So, uh... So Cassian goes to prison. Yeah. Yeah. And he meets Andy Serkis. (laughs) Um, Which I remember they had said he was in this and everyone was like, he's going to be some CG alien thing and he's just Andy Serkis in prison. They said that? Yeah, this was announced. Okay, I, I don't... I because don't we even said on this Andy show, Serkis what if he's Zeb? Remember? I guess I remember it now, but I, I had forgotten it when I watched it. And so I texted well, you. I had forgotten it until I, you said Andy Circus. Yeah, I was like, Andy Circus as someone other than Snoke? Like, that's kind of weird. And not bad, but like, I was like surprised by it. And then you were like, I haven't watched it yet. I was like, Oh, did I just... I just spoiled the circus, dude. Well, that's... No. That's just getting back for when I... When when I saw Solo before you, and then we were talking about it afterward, and you hadn't seen it yet, and I was like, what was Maul doing at the end? And, and I was just like... And you were like, huh? And I was like, oh, was yeah, funny. he didn't go with us. Um, but anyways, yeah, Those so he's there. Unequally yoked, though. It's kind of a, a, a traditional prison story. He gets to know everybody, gets to know how the, how the prison works, all the rules and stuff. They have this whole system where they're basically uh, prison slaves. 
hashtag 13th amendment mm-hmm. moment um <laughs> right is that the right <laughs> uh anyways i th- think so. i think it is uh but anyways they are building Maybe. It, it's every time this episode or not just the episode but this show does something it's so reflective of something that actually happens like here's prison slavery the episode before, he got absolutely profiled and arrested and unjustly sentenced for being on the beach mm-hmm. when other people were running away from the police. Um, there's just yeah, thing after thing where it's like, this show. is almost too real. Um, and that's the one for this episode. Yeah, and I was I'm, like, dang, this happens. Like, Anyways. Yeah, um, and so I would say like story-wise... Like, this is more of a setup. I'm sure there's going to be a prison escape or breakout. Um, But basically, we just kind of learn, like, the rules of the prison in this one. So, like, they uh, are split into these floors. And basically, like, the floors are competing to, like, be the most productive. And um, within the floors, there's, like, different rooms. And the rooms are competing amongst themselves. And then in the rooms, there are seven tables and then the tables are competing too. So Andy Circus is kind of like the floor manager, kind of. And he's like, you know what? Like, my sentence is almost over. I've been here a long time. I'm not going to take crap from anyone. And so he kind of throws Cassian in at table five. Shout out. And um, he, like, he does no one's even explained to him, like, what to do yet. And they're already like, come on, work. Like, pick up, carry your weight. Um and the reason why is like um, the most productive table or maybe tables, plural, um, like get food with flavor in it. Like literally their food is in their cells and it's like a very thin little tube and it's flavorless <laughs> and like a weird texture. But like the winner gets flavored food and the loser gets um, shocked or like burnt or otherwise physically disciplined. And what's really interesting about this prison is like the first thing they have them do is like have all the prisoners take their shoes off. And then like, it's kind of funny because there's this shot of like the guards walking towards them and they have like these massive, like lifted orange air force ones on basically like these super drippy shoes. And I'm like, why are they wearing those ridiculous shoes? But then it's because, like, what they do is they, like, electrically shock or, like, superheat the floor. So at night, they're in these little cells, which are just kind of, like, holes in the wall. And the cells don't have any bars. But, like, the floor of the hallway at night gets superheated. So, like, if you step on it, you will burn to death, basically. Like, you can't survive walking on this floor for more than a second. Um... And so it's kind of funny because, like, the cells are open. doesn't feel like there's anything trapping them in. But, you know, the only way to escape is to not touch the floor, I guess. Which I'm sure is something that'll come in. But well, um, Yeah, and I thought it was funny. Everyone jumps that, in with their bunks and then Cassian's just standing there until the last second. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you just going to not believe everybody yeah, else? Or... And then yeah, at you, some point, some guy no does sheep. walk out and dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I and guess they all the like showered real... together. That was very bizarre. Oh like, yeah, they all just weird. stand there, and then they like spray them with this gas, and then they like get dressed, and it takes like 
10 seconds but it was like super yeah super odd but there's yeah there's a little bit of a time jump in this episode of a couple weeks and so we see cassian I think it says like, on his 30 days day. exactly yeah we see cassian on his first day and then 30 days later you can tell he's kind of gotten gotten the system down a bit you know he's working and um another thing is like a bunch of people a bunch of the fellow inmates ask him about the new the prod act i think or whatever it is that the yeah. empire has passed I think it was which P-O-R-D is P-O-R-D because i thought it i kept thinking it sounded like oh, maybe poor oh you're probably right but um yeah basically it's the act that changed what used to be a 6 month sentence for uh andor's offense to a 6 year sentence and so in all of the prisoner cells there's these little counter like an analog counter of how many days left are in their sentence and so they're like when we were in here and that bill was passed we literally all of us saw like our sentences double or triple and so they're like upset and uh cassian's like <laughs> he's like bro if i if they find out i'm with the aldani people they i will get shanked and so he's like i don't know anything about that i don't know nothing about that and they're like, okay, <laughs> like we were just hoping someone from the outside might know something. But um, I'm sure that sort of frustration with their sentences being like drastically increased will kind of be a bit of uh, a bit of tinder for the fire of a of a prison revolt, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So that's episode eight. Um, Let's see. I have like a four-day weekend or something, so we are going to be able to do the Halloween special uh, at some point. So we are going to do Death Troopers. I have to write out that outline. You can probably help with that outline because you just finished it. Yeah, Um, I just finished it. We also might uh, double that episode with either some kind of random spooky Star Wars discussion or the Tales of the Jedi analysis, uh, or maybe not analysis, but review, basically. Um, Maybe Tales of the Jedi will be its own episode. Maybe we'll uh, sneak it into the Halloween special, but that should be on Halloween Day, uh, hopefully when the Death Troopers uh, comes out so look forward to that we will do tales of the jedi just mm-hmm. not sure quite when uh that'll be coming yeah. out um so uh yeah keep an eye out for that uh but yeah um i guess i'll say like we're using a new format and so if this doesn't work and it's just audio then ignore it but if it does work then you might be seeing this on youtube potentially and uh maybe even if you follow us on instagram you might see a, a reel or two a clip or two from this episode um but hopefully if not, in the future at least yeah if if not this episode if something goes awry then we're working on it and hopefully that's something that will be coming in the future very soon so follow us on youtube i'm pretty sure it's just lando's lounge a star wars podcast because there will likely be things there in the future and other things are cooking up that's all i'll say we have things cooking up so thank you for listening and um we still don't have an outro 
do do we need one? Never. Well, I don't know how to uh, end this here. I'll try something. <laughs> yeah, I'll try something. Now I'm in control of the recording, so you're the you be the we end at my whim now. It's way easier. Yeah. So I will call I guess you could say this is a loose end or 